What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. And welcome to the WIN Podcast, or What's Important Now, with your host, Corey Hymanson. Corey, my ears are hearing double. Uh, <laughs> there seem to be two Hymansons in the room here. Yeah, and I've never seen this many Christmas sweaters for our end-of-the-year show that we're releasing here. <laughs> nice job, guys. Oh, God. I'm so glad I can't see them. They're probably ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we've... We, I'll call him a guest. He's been on the show before, but uh, we have an advisor at our office named Zed. Yeah, happy to be here again. I've been on two times before, so kind of excited to wrap up the year here and see what we can get out there. Well, welcome, Zed. Welcome back, Zed. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Hey, Corey, you know, what's exciting to me about today's podcast is you challenged listeners and... (laughs) It may be a case of be careful what you challenge for because they responded. They got back to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, for, for anyone that wasn't uh, in attendance or, or hasn't listened to the last episode, you know, basically I challenged people and, as they say, threw down the gauntlet and wanted them to, to try and stump us or stump me, either one, with topics or ideas to see if I could relate them to finance because I have a, what I like to say, a pretty good knack of thinking in an obscure way and tying things together. I think that's a nice way to put it, Corey. <laughs> so we're going to call this episode, the gauntlet. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there you go. I was hoping for some background there, you know, so what we've done uh, and, and the good news is we have at least a handful of listeners because that's how many <laughs> <laughs> challenges we received already since, since a couple of weeks ago. So, Um, I've chosen two that I felt maybe were doable. (laughs) How about that? that? You cherry picked. Is that what you're telling me? Okay. So you cherry picked the easy ones. Hey, anybody that knows me, I'm I'm a straight shooter. I'm not going to, not going to lie to you. I kind of cherry picked the ones that I think I can score, uh, score points on. And one of them falls into the wheelhouse of Zed. So that's why uh, we've circled him into, uh, you know, take half the episode off my plate how about that there you go so 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 what what is the what's the challenge that you're going to tackle okay so so the first one this one came in and the question was can you identify any similarities between beethoven and financial planning wow so i'm going to take that one and i'm going to throw in a pop culture reference and say i assume we are talking the composer and not the large St. Bernard dog that starred in a movie in the early 90s. <laughs> Probably a fair <laughs> assumption. <laughs> so, but that was a very friendly dog, as I recall. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, if I've seen any kind of historical cartoon of a St. Bernard, don't they like 
aren't they used in like safety rescue missions on, yep. on they've a always got a nice nice ke- 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 keg of uh, whiskey i think on their yes. nest or something yes. right that's exactly where i was going bill <laughs> so as a financial planner oh wait a minute no. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I don't think this is an intervention for Corey today so so we'll we'll move on from that we'll go back to the composer how about that that's good so, uh, so I, I think everybody knows who Beethoven is. I, I can't say I'm a, a, a raving fan that that knows the work A to Z. I, I did have a flashback when this came out, though, because in college I was forced to take a general ed credit or a class, which I think was the history of music. Or yeah, I don't know. They're, they're trying to impart culture to Corey. That's so moving, uh, actually. Yeah. Most of the culture I learned in college was probably not during class. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly then, though, that, you know, they, they played bits or, or pieces of these compositions from Beethoven yeah. and Handel and Haydn, and, you know, that's the only three I can name. But they all sounded exactly the same to me and all my buddies, but somehow we made it through the course. But that being said, I had to do a little bit of homework on this topic just so I sounded, like, fairly intelligent. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty interesting. Well, history is kind of interesting stuff. So you look into this, and it seems like a lot of his compositions or arrangements uh, were considered forward-thinking, was the word that I saw in multiple resources, or, or ambitious. Yeah. And well, that's pretty easy to tie into life or finances or, or anything. You know, I mean, any kind of planning or successful long-range journey in life, you know, it has to be hopefully ambitious in thinking and, and you got to plan ahead. Yeah. So there you go. That was easy. There we go. Good start. Good but, start. But the, the second recurring theme was that a lot of his, his symphonies were, were very structured in musical form. Now, can mm-hmm. I describe that? No, I, I can't describe that. But what does that mean? It means to me, it means efficient, right? And so this is something, you know, Zed runs the trading desk here. And so, he understands and, and tackles a lot of the tax harvesting type okay. things. Um, locking in gains, locking in losses, you know, doing things that makes your tax return more efficient because saving money is making money. How's that? Yeah. And yeah. I think, like you said there, um, with some of Beethoven's compositions, um, he's ambitious and outgoing, but he also had a structured plan for how the music was going to sound. So when we're relating that to finance, we can have ambitious goals down the road, but we have to have a plan and we have to have some goal setting um, strategies to get there. Yeah. Well said, Zach. Well said. A goal without a plan is a wish, right? Yep. Right. I always like to bring that one back. <laughs> That's <laughs> keep, keep that in my go-to lunchbox. But, you know, um, like you said, there's that. I mean, here's the next thing is that it's interesting to me that Beethoven was losing his hearing. In fact, he went totally deaf. His fifth symphony, his fifth symphony was composed, was completed after he could no longer hear, which always blows my mind to think about. Oh, I know. I I mean, that's hard to even understand. It's like a quarterback playing without an arm. It's incredible, isn't it? Let me Google how many one-armed quarterbacks have been in the NFL quick. (laughs) (laughs) That's my A game today, huh? (laughs) There we go. But. You know, and, and one of the fun facts, I'll give you a fun fact on Beethoven. It was that he was highly caffeinated. The guy loved coffee. Oh, God, love him. And here, here's the, we'll call it the deeper fun fact. 
he was known to possibly count exactly 60 coffee beans for each cup that he brewed. Wow. So, so, so now is that, yeah, I don't even know where we go down that path. Does that make him a genius or does that make him just kind of odd in well, a way it ties that actually into, worked to his benefit? It ties into that idea of structure, right? If you've got a structured form, it makes sense that you would have, you would be particular about the cup of coffee that you drink. That makes sense to me. Yeah. The thing that just kind of, I, I'm waiting for you to tie in the loss of hearing into this whole thing, because that's a that's a major fact about Beethoven that everybody knows he 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 gradually, he didn't just suddenly lose it. He right. lost it over time. Well, yeah, I mean, let's go there. I mean, every one of us is going to face struggles and, and, and difficulties in life, and there's stuff that comes at you, and you don't know it's coming. You know, maybe maybe your hearing's gradually going away. I mean, but I'm sure he didn't think, hmm, I've got a, a limited amount of time to do this. He was still sticking to his guns and being passionate about what he was trying to accomplish. But I'm sure he was aware that his, his faculties were changing, so to speak. And, and so you have to manage risk. You have to manage what you can control. And you can't control losing your hearing, but man, you can have a plan for what it looks like so that you can keep doing what you do or compensate for that in different ways. And, you know, and I, I talk about managing risk assets, you know, a lot of times our day to day is, is assets of money or, or things of a tangible nature, but hearing is an asset, you know, I would say, or having, oh, no, it is two arms or, you know, being able to uh, do those six daily things of living that keeps you out of the nursing home, essentially, you know, that long-term care says, you know, if you can't, do all of these basic functions, you know, you're, I don't want to say disabled, but you know, um, you get categorized, categorized in a different way. And so you control what you can control, even if it's a really, really difficult uphill battle. Interesting. Yeah. Man managing risk is an important part of any portfolio. And, and, and it also, you know, it's funny. It ties into it ties it back to your first couple of points, which is you got to plan ahead. You got to be looking forward. You've got to be mindful of uh, you know the, how you're how you're structuring your investments, and it would seem that it would just naturally flow from there that you would manage risk. Well, and and, and risk. I mean, we we make decisions every day to manage risk. I mean, crossing the street, you know, well, especially you, Billy. I mean, if you're in a highly populated area and you're looking at your phone as you walk across the street. Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> I mean, little things can can maybe change uh, bad outcomes or or at least change the probability or likelihood of, of those things happening. The thing that really is amazing to me is, you know, they think Beethoven made over, you know, I think it was over 700 compositions. Wow. So, okay, that's that. Number one is pretty cool it's amazing and then you start backing into the math so so he was composing at a very very young age i think it was like 11 12 13 years old or something was his first one and so over 45 years he made these compositions okay so now the economics or the dot to dot brain of me says well you know how many how many hours how many days did it take to to do each one of those you know and you start doing the math backing into this and so he's putting in like 23 days of work on each one and it was indicated that he did about 14 hours a day on his craft. Wow. How many of us do something productive 
14 hours a day, day in, day out for four and a half decades. I, I, I wish I could, I wish, I wish I could lie <laughs> and say me, but no, no, that's impressed. That's an impressive discipline. Wow. Yeah. And if I, <laughs> my, my question there that got that answer of not a lot reminds me of, you know, a few episodes back, we did the uh, lyrical finance challenge where one of my songs was, you know, how many lawyers you got a lot, you know, all, all the question <laughs> answers were, were a lot. And now we're, a we're, lot. we're 180 in this thing too. Exactly. Uh, uh, not a lot, not a lot of one-armed quarterbacks so forth. <laughs> yeah. I think it just shows though, if you dedicate yourself to a craft, whatever it is, I mean, if you really commit to it and put the time in, obviously you can be successful. And that's kind of shown with 14 hours a day for almost 45 years. I mean, you're going to be pretty successful, whatever it might be. Well, spot on. And I, and he didn't do it for the money. Well, he was doing this because he, because he loved it. I mean, if you're losing your hearing, you could sit around in a dark room and, you know, mail it in the rest yeah. of your career. But, you know, he wasn't going to do that. He was going to step up and man, that's pretty cool. Those are the kind of people I like to deal with and, you know, associate with because that's, that's how my mind works. And, and, and maybe the biggest takeaway, though, is, you know, is, and this is my last bullet point on him is, you know, he left the world with quite a legacy. You know, I mean, here we are, random strangers to Beethoven. We're talking about it long, long after he's been gone. And, and that's what good finances is. That's what financial planning is, is leaving a legacy. And I'm not, again, it might be money but it might just be wisdom. It might be passing your wishes on to your kids and your family or to charity. And, you know, not everything you have to think about in life is money. We can make money decisions. We can make money plans. But at the end of the day, this journey is way bigger than those things and all of us. Yeah. Now, there are people who would argue that, you know, he did, he, he composed these things because he was commissioned to comp compose them. But my response would be, he, as you noted, he started composing at a young age. And you don't start composing massive pieces of music uh, at a young age because you think, this is my way to get rich. It's his passion. And we hear a lot about passion, you know, but th this is a personification of it. This is a guy who was fortunate to be financially successful at it but he didn't do it for money you're right Corey. absolutely not well let me let me throw you this i'll throw this question to both of you guys can somebody be really really good at something massively good if they are not passionate about it well I'll, let me give you a follow-up question do you think he was built to be a composer somewhat or was it a lot of it just hard work that piled and layered on top of itself I think individuals, I mean, some people are obviously born with traits, whether that's athleticism or just musically gifted or um, whether that might be science or art or whatever it might be, but you can't just have that gift and not um, form it a little bit. I mean, yeah. everybody's given a piece of clay in life. It's how you form it to get to that final destination. So he might've had some skills, maybe just kind of innately um, when he was born. But if, again, if you don't devote, like we said, 14 hours of his day to that craft, it's not going to form and develop to be as successful as he was. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, absolutely, Zed. I mean, you know, we can take this out of the realm of compositions and go to the realm of athletics. You know, how many times do you hear people talk about, oh, that kid's got potential, that guy's got potential, that athlete is potential. 
potentially something great, phenomenal, you know? Well, it, the difference between potential and manifestation is Michael Phelps or Katie Deledecki, you know, in this in the swim world, right? These are people who were who were blessed with a talent, who discipline through focus and discipline and and love of their sport in this case, developed into phenomenal athletes. Just like Beethoven obviously had a gift. But he it didn't languish. He he applied the discipline. He applied the structure. He brought his passion to play, and that's what brought him success. And a lot of that sometimes you can even look at associating with the right people. I mean, whether that's athletics or um, the example of Beethoven, or even tying it back to finance. Just having the people in your corner that are going to steer you in the right direction is yes um, essential to reaching those goals. Oh yeah. Well, I would, I would, I would tie it in this way, saying that you know, particularly in the matter of athletics, a, a coach, a good coach, is essential. Yeah, and I think we've talked about that too. I mean, even really, really star athletes, Michael Phelps, Tiger Woods, back in the day. I mean, these people have coaches. Even yeah. once you get to the top of the heap, um, you can always get better, and, and you rely on on a team to keep pushing you. you you can't get can't get lazy or get out of your routine or things change and, and i mean tiger woods would you, i was gonna say joke about tiger woods but i mean people can fall off of the pedestal you know if they don't stay yeah. focused on on what's at hand so, so true didn't know so we were true. going there today <laughs> well we go we this podcast goes unpredictable <laughs> places so anybody that's been listening for any amount of time knows that if, if, for the people who are Listening for the first time, stay tuned. Keep we this we're we've got more to talk about. <laughs> we've got a second challenge to get to. Yeah, you think this is bizarre? We haven't even cracked the lid off the bizarre stuff yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I can go for it. So yeah, so so now let's go into the second challenge. Uh, this one came in. Uh, this is the one I'm passing off to Zed. But basically, the question was: Can you compare the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation movie with investing? Yeah, so I guess we're moving to a much less serious note here. Um, <laughs> for anybody that's ever watched the movie, it's uh, comedy, but um, actually kind of funny. Growing up, um, I always we always watched this with my family every Christmas year, probably starting um, upper elementary school and middle school. So I'm quite familiar with the movie, so I guess that's how I got roped into this episode. Um, but yeah, the movie released in uh, 1989. Uh, it starred Chevy Chase as uh, Clark Griswold. And I guess the plot essentially kind of focuses on the Griswold family trying to throw the perfect Christmas get-together, but that's kind of ruined by a series of unfortunate events, um, from a squirrel in the Christmas tree to some unexpected <laughs> house guests, um, and then a ruined Christmas bonus from uh, Clark's employer. So that's kind of the general landscape for the audience if you haven't seen the movie before. Um, but quite a funny movie, so if you don't have plans this Christmas weekend, I would go out and... <laughs> Watch it if you can, stream it. My my first takeaway, though, is, uh, yeah, I don't think this is really a spoiler if we, we talk about this movie, because most likely everybody's seen it. But uh, I like the fact that he had made a down payment on a new swimming pool for his family, banking on this Christmas bonus. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, and, and how many people do that in life? You know, I mean, there's no sure things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's one of the first topics that we were going to um, relate back to investing in finance a little bit. So yeah, Clark was dreaming about building that uh, swimming pool in his house, um, made the down payment and 
Christmas rolls around and he receives a, ch- um, a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club from his employer. So <laughs> needless to say, he wasn't very impressed. But I guess it kind of just serves as a reminder to all of us, we can't become over-dependent or overly reliant on one thing in life, whether that's a source of income, source of funds for retirement, specifically in the investing world. I mean, we can look at, there's so many different options for where you want to put your assets, whether that's equities, fixed income, uh, real assets. We just, we don't want to be over-reliant on one category. And I know Corey has preached diversification um, in individual client meetings and on this podcast over and over again. But I think this is just kind of serves as a reminder that we need to be diversified and not be over-reliant on yeah that one source of income or one asset class. Well, but also, Corey, it, it it seems to me this is a perfect example of not counting your you know, you know chickens before the eggs are hatched, right? You you Park thought he was going to get a massive bonus, and he behaved as though it had already happened. And when the jelly of the month subscription comes along, wow. <laughs> It is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, it, maybe the reason that, that families like to watch this show is is just the, the hijinks and the circus of the family. And now, I mean, pretty much every one of us knows we, we've been to those family events where you go into it and you know somebody's going to piss you off or, or somebody's going to say something stupid <laughs> or, you know, whatever that means. But at the end of the day, family's family, right? You know, and you overcome those things. I think to to remember the good stuff later in life as the journey sees the sunset, so to speak. And you think Corey goes off on tangents? I'm going to go off on one here. Oh, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you kind of talked about maybe counting chickens before the ha- the hatch or whatever. College football season. There's a segment on ESPN with Scott Van Pelt called uh, "Bad Beats," uh, yeah. sports betting. So yeah. college football time of year kind of reminds me of that. Um, some people, whether they like to or not, maybe do a little bit of wagering on uh, college football. Um, sometimes people might be cashing their bets before they actually win. And <laughs> I, that show kind of talks about a little bit, uh, shows some late game hijinks, uh, whether it's a pick six at the end of the game to cover the spread or something like that. Just kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's that's lost by the hook, and those of you that know what that means, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, there are no sure things. I said that a little bit ago, but uh, you just got to be ready and you got to adapt. And and again, if you choose to to go to a casino or, or to, to wager on outcomes of things, you know, moderation is key in life, whether it's red meat or uh, exercise. <laughs> exercise shouldn't be in moderation, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that. But uh, I noticed I didn't say anything because I thought, let me just stand back and listen to where this one's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even even that line of thinking right there, you know, or building that pool that you maybe can't afford. I mean, a lot of our focus in society is, is stuff. And, and so we chase the golden ring um, by ways that we think might be able to help us cut a corner. And, and at the end of the day, I, you know, I've done this long time and I've dealt with a lot of people and you can't cut corners. You yeah. got to work hard. You got to save hard, invest. And time is really what, what drives the outcome of mm-hmm. things. Control what you can control, but man, stick on the plan, stick on the journey. You don't have to watch your portfolio 14 hours a day if you team up with a firm that watches it 24-7, you know, and we do that with technology. 
Yeah. yeah. And reining this back into the movie here, this kind of ties into the next topic. Um, so holiday spending and budgeting. So Clark is kind of hell-bent on throwing the greatest Christmas party of all time, uh, whether that's putting tens of thousands of Christmas lights on the house or going to cut their own Christmas tree um, in the forest. Um, but, I mean, just, just kind of seeing that um, throughout the course of the movie, these things don't all go right whether that's somebody not having the light switch on in the garage for the Christmas lights or a squirrel in the tree. I think in the end, we realize that all these things, they might be fun to do and plan and um, show off maybe to the neighbors. But at the end of the movie, you kind of realize that the true value of Christmas is just being with your loved ones. So no matter how much we overspend or over worry about things in life, sometimes the value is just like, like the topic of this podcast. I mean, what's important now and just kind of focusing on, Mm-hmm. whether that's family or your values or your goals in life and not necessarily over worrying about the minute details. Right. No, that's spot on. And, you know, the other thing that came to my mind in reading these topics was uh, the word classic or, yeah. or what is a classic? And in, in my mind, a classic is, you know, something that's proven to be valuable for a long, long period of time. I don't, I don't think you can be a band that's a one hit wonder and, fall into the classic category someday. And so we can say, you know, Beethoven was, was great at, at, at classical com- compositions and, you know, his work is classical and, and we can arguably have heard lots of people say that this movie we're talking about was a classic. And so if you think about that, what makes classic, it's being judged over a really, really long period of time, consistency and so forth. And, you know, that's how people in our, in our chairs are, are judged all the time. And the problem is a lot of consumers, if they don't understand the long play of the goal, they judge us from day to day. And and I tell people when we open a new client account, you know, you'll know if this is successful after a decade. We judge things in yeah. decades and people will look at me like I'm damn crazy, but I mean it. And, and, and if they tell me they're going to look at their account balance three times a day online, and call me every time it, they had a month where it went down, you know, I'll tell them that's not the right way to look at this objective. And maybe you need to do, do this yourself online. <laughs> not my no. first day. I'm, I'm getting old and crusty, Bill. <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. You know, Beethoven was old and crusty too. He had quite a <laughs> reputation for being a grumpy fellow. <laughs> so. I, I'm still a guy that gets a haircut on a regular schedule, so I don't I don't see myself as having uh, Beethoven or, or Einstein uh, flowing locks anytime soon. <laughs> it's true, though, you know, and 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 maybe that's a, a good way to close out this particular uh, edition of the podcast. In that, you know, I think you're right. I, I was looking at. I'm thinking there is a, there is a theme here of classic and um, you hit on it. There are classic investments and there are, you know, classic ways to sit down and talk with your financial advisor. And uh, then there are classic podcasts and this podcast, my friend is a classic podcast. <laughs> it's just amazing. I, it's, it's entertaining to be a part of, uh, I, I can't help but think it's entertaining to listen to because clearly you have listeners, Corey, who uh, not only hear you, but they respond. This is this is kind of my way of creating a time capsule. So 200 years from now, if they haven't in, 
improve science to where I'll still be sitting here doing this podcast, people will be able to go back in time and think that guy was either a genius when he coined the what's important now thinking of financial planning instead of just making all these charts and graphs that a lot of people do right now, or he was an entertainer. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe, yeah, well, you know, it's not, it's not like an either or, you know, you can be an entertaining financial advisor, you know, you can, you can do those things. Absolutely. Well, and we've said that it doesn't matter who you team up with in the professional world. You you want to deal with people you enjoy talking to. And so that's what we strive to do, too. Totally. And then speaking of that, for folks who are listening who are thinking, huh, I think I could probably want to be engaged with that guy. How how can people reach out and get a hold of y'all? Yeah, give us a call. Any, any member of our team is happy to answer the phone and pick it up and talk to you. That's 800-657-4317. Excellent. Uh, thank, thank Zed. Thanks for coming in and throwing in your two cents on this podcast, Corey. Yep. I think we completed the gauntlet. I think you did. I think <laughs> you did. Listeners, do you think you did? <laughs> I, I ask with trepidation. We uh, we knock these out and release them every two weeks. So bring it on, listeners. There you go. Uh, oh man, <laughs> there it is. Bring it on. Okay. 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 Listeners. Bring it on. If you're new to this podcast and you have not listened before and you're thinking, I need to stay tuned with, to this one, hit the subscribe button. That way you don't have to remember where you heard it, where you found it, how you found it. When it comes out, it will automatically be delivered to you on your listening device of choice, and you will automatically never miss another episode. And trust me, you don't want to miss Another episode is people bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so on behalf of every everyone at, at, at Hymanson Wealth, uh, on behalf of Corey and Zed, enjoy your holiday season. Have a have a have a great, great time during this time of the year. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, don't wait to live your best day. Live your best day today. That's what's important now. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.